Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our first guest today is Dr. Coralise Ruff, and our topic is coping with sudden death of a child in a foreign country. Dr. Coralise Ruff's daughter, Candace, was killed in an accident in 1997 while serving as a missionary in Santiago, Dominican Republic. Coralise is a registered nurse, college professor, grief educator, and author of Her Light Still Shines, a tribute to her daughter and a guide for bereaved parents. Welcome to the show, Coralise. Thank you, Heidi. And congratulations on getting your book out, Coralise. Thank you, Gloria. That's quite a relief. Oh, that's great. Coralise has been on the board of Compassionate Friends with me, and I know she was working on this book, and it's just a a beautiful book. Well, tell our audience about uh, Candy and uh, what she did and, and, and then what happened to her and about who she was. By the way, there's a gorgeous picture of her on the front of the book. Candy had just graduated from college and decided she wanted to be a missionary. She wanted to travel to a developing country and tell others about the love of the Lord. And so she went off to the Dominican Republic and had planned to be there for a year. And she got there and just fell in love with the place. And within two and a half months of her arrival, we received a telephone call saying some construction equipment had run into her car. She was in the hospital in critical condition, and the rest is kind of history after that because uh, soon thereafter we received another call saying she had passed away. So that kind of began our grief journey. That's been 12 years ago now, and in some ways it seems like yesterday. How about having somebody die in a foreign country like that? that especially a child. Yeah. I would think it would be so, you would just feel so out of control. In oh, absolutely. In our case, in particular, it was, uh, well, first of all, they're so far away from you. You can't get there fast enough. We got, This happened about noon on Friday, so we got there Saturday morning. We got a flight out on Saturday morning. But the language barrier you know, everything was Spanish, and we didn't speak Spanish. So there we had, you know, additional isolation from, you know, the language. The legal system is totally different. Um, you don't have your support family with you. Um, luckily, her support network, the other missionaries there and all, were so wonderful. They they were able to communicate with the funeral home. Uh, for example, because of, you know, they could speak Spanish. So that was such a great blessing. Now, are there rules about bringing bodies back? To- yes, you have to sign for um, embalmment and all those kinds of things. And so are you allowed to, to do open that, the coffin yeah. when you get it back in the United States? No, before they could leave the country there. Yeah, but when you get it back, can you open it? Oh, yeah. We did, yeah, we had a viewing and all. That's yeah. kind of interesting because I had a friend who was killed, a husband was killed in an accident in Switzerland skiing, and they would not allow them. This was years ago, and they wouldn't were not allowed to open the coffin after it came into the United States. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that wasn't an issue for us, no. So, so Candy, did Candy fly back with you? I know this is a strange question, but uh, did she no, on your flight? She, actually, they couldn't get her on the flight with us. 
uh-huh. we had to, let's see, she was able to come in later because they had problems getting her from Miami to Washington, D.C., to, to Northern Virginia, rather. So, no, she wasn't on the flight with us. Heidi, that's interesting because I, I know what you're thinking about when we brought Scott back to Utah, right? Yes, and the idea of knowing that the person that you love so much is in that plane dead in a coffin. It's, oh, it's, okay, it's yeah. Disturbing. See, I, it's disturbing on some level. Yes, yeah. Well, in our case, it, she wasn't specifically with us, and I can't remember if she left. She may have left, uh, started out before we left because we stayed there for a memorial service and um, taking care of some other business and all of that. So they got her partway here, and then they had to make some changes to get her all the way here. Now, are you involved in a lawsuit, or were you? No, because, we well, we looked into it, and their legal system is just so different. And we had no support at all in terms of the legal system. So Does the guy was driving a backhoe or something like that during the corner? Sorry? With, uh, and it was a construction worker that was driving a backhoe or something? Yes. And he was, we found out he was unlicensed to be driving it, or was not licensed to be driving it. But um, we were told that, you know, support for, quote, foreigners was just pretty much non-existent. So we didn't even get any further than talking to an attorney here, and he talked to people there, and we just could see that there, we weren't going anyplace. So we just said, let's, let's just drop it. It's quite a decision because I have somebody that I'm working with right now. His child was killed in Europe, and they are heading back over. The wife doesn't want to go. The husband wants to go, you know, and so he's going over, and it's just, you really, you know, have to be prepared for quite an experience. Yes, yes. Well, we did have a very positive overall experience under the circumstances mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we got there, we had the opportunity to see the people that she loved and the people who loved her in such mm-hmm. a short time. It was just heartwarming. So, so you could hear stories about what her life had been like. Absolutely. In the two months where she was living over there. Exactly, yes. And, and we you got the to drive the route that she was traveling. We got to see the scene of the accident, which was for no apparent reason. You know, it was a bright, sunny day. There was no obstruction. or So we saw the hospital where she was cared for. So all of that became therapeutic for us. We saw where she lived, and she had just moved into a new apartment that week, and, you know, all of those kinds of things. So it was very therapeutic for us to be able to go there. And we did go the year later for the dedication of the church uh, that they were building. And so they put a picture there in memory of her and a plaque with her name on it. So we went back for that ceremony. So we have fond memories of the people there and our time there. Uh, Well, I just wanted to say Coralise's book is Her Light Still Shines, A Beloved Daughter's Story of Her Mother's Grief Journey. A beloved daughter's, yeah, okay, all right. And Coralie, how do people get a hold of your book? It's available through the author website, which is iUniverse.com. It's available on all of the retail websites, Amazon.com, one of the most common, 
Uh, in fact, you'll see uh, some reviews on Amazon, and you'll see more information about it. And uh, those are the two ways. That's Even Barnes & Noble and those websites right. also, you can pull it up from there as well. And Coralie's is writing for us, so if you go on our uh, author's um, writers, how do you how do you get there from uh, the Open to Hope site? How do you hit them? You go you go onto the Open to Hope site and you'll see contributing authors and you just click on that and then you'll see all the authors and you can go right to Coralie Ruff and then click on her profile and all the information about her will be on there as well as the name of her book in the event that you forget what the name is, it'll be on there. Right, so you can go there. And Great. the book has wonderful things in it. She talks about uh, candy growing up and and talks about dealing with these different times in her life. And, and she's got some wonderful journaling that Candy did and wonderful pictures. And it's, it's a very, a very heartwarming book. And it also gives you a lot of, a lot of wonderful ideas as you look at, look through it. Coralise, I wanted to mention, uh, one thing before, um, our show moves along too much. And that is reminding people about the Compassionate Friends National Conference in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it starts on August 7th, Friday, and goes through the ends with a walk on Sunday. It's fabulous, and Coralise is going to be presenting. Are you doing two workshops? Coralise? I am doing two workshops. I'm doing my famous one, which is taking care of your health while grieving, and I'm also doing one, the dawn of our grief. So um, the taking care of your health one I've done pretty much every year for the last seven or eight years, I believe. And uh, what day is that going to be on, do you know? I don't know the schedule yet for well, go the go to the days. Compassionate Friends uh, website, the, start with the Compassionate Friends. Go to their website. You'll find out all about the conference. Heidi and I will be presenting, and it's just uh, going to be wonderful. I think uh, Candy Leitner, uh, who started Mothers Against Drunk Driving, is going to be the keynote. And it should be, it, it won't, I shouldn't say should be, it will be a wonderful conference because we go every year, don't we, guys? Exactly. It is a wonderful conference, and especially for those people who are grieving the death of their child or sibling, it is a wonderful, caring place to spend two or three days. Absolutely. Or grandchild. Or grandchild, absolutely. It's very, yes. very powerful to walk in a room with, you know, over a thousand people and know that everyone in that room has been through what you've been through, and it's it. You don't need to talk about it. I mean, it just transcends words. It's very healing just to be around people that get it. Yep, absolutely. And that's one of the things I talk about in the book in terms of coping with this sudden death of your dearly beloved child. Um, Join compassionate friends. Joining a support group because it is so so therapeutic. Absolutely. Well, listen, if you could give a piece of advice to somebody who has had a child die in a foreign country or has a friend who has or, you know, grandchild, what would be your advice and thoughts to them, the initial thing? One thing I would say, if at all possible, to try and go, I was, my first inclination was not to go. And a colleague persuaded me to go. And I am so grateful that she did because I would have missed so much by not going. So my first bit of advice would be to try and travel to that country if at all possible. Mm-hmm. And you even went back. So that yes. was, the second time must have been even more, right? Oh, absolutely. It was just wonderful, just wonderful. And I, I could I could also, 
envision, you know, some of the things she was doing and thinking and feeling and all of that. So it, it was a great, um, has been a great opportunity. And I just uh, spoke to one of the people from there who's buying a copy of the book for all the missionaries there. Mm, he said, oh, they would definitely want to have this. So, you know, we 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 have developed some some great friendships out of this devastating loss. So you have continued those bonds. Yes. Through that. Absolutely. Well, I know we've whetted people's appetite. Give us a couple of the big health problems that people have or how do you stay healthy? Well, the the traditional kinds of things like um, eating properly and exercising. Exercise is one of the best antidotes for grieving. But one thing that we don't think much of that I've kind of added to my presentation more recently is the issues of safety. Things like cooking uh, for us women who may be preparing meals. We're so distracted while we are grieving that we don't think about it. We forget we have something cooking and people have caused fires uh, just because they are so distracted. And you talked about driving too fast at one point. Driving too fast. Driving when we are so distracted, we get we arrive at our destination, or we may not even know what our destination is. We may be driving along and think, "Well, where am I going? Uh, what day is today?" Or uh, we get there and we don't remember that we just finished driving for thirty or forty minutes. We don't remember that trip, right? Literally. Yeah. So driving is something that we need to be very, very careful about. And maybe if you're taking so, uh, some trip, you might have a friend drive you. Exactly. If at all possible, have a friend drive you because we are not aware of it that we are so distracted. And then we may be crying, so we can't see through our tears hardly. Mm-hmm. So that is very, very – so those safety issues are newer kinds of things that I've added to it that – being very, very careful with that, being careful with sharp objects in the kitchen, knives and scissors and things like that can accidentally cut yourself. Right. Well, you have a good little um, exercise I liked very much in your book, the one where you just talk about breathing and relaxing. Oh, yes. Can you yes. kind of go through that just briefly? Because it's so simple. But if people did it every day, I think they'd be amazed Absolutely. when you're in that first year, what first I have, few months. What I have people do is just sit in a chair and rest their feet flat on the floor and just close their eyes gently and then inhale very slowly and exhale. Something as simple as breathing we take for granted. But if we do it deliberately and consciously, that calms us down. It helps to relax us and helps to clear our minds. So just sitting quietly and breathing slowly, focusing on the breath, thinking about the breathing. Breathing in and out slowly. Inhale and exhale very slowly. You can do it through pursed lips, and that helps to elongate the breath. But that is something that's so important, especially for people doing acute grief. Mm-hmm. So uh, people don't realize how shallow, or you don't well, realize how shallow your breath gets. Yeah, I, exactly. I remember getting a lot of heartburn. Yes. Forcing myself to breathe like that would actually help helps alleviate the heartburn. It does. It helps alleviate the heartburn, um, chest pain. Some people have had chest pain. So if you can just focus on breathing, um, 
And then if you want to get real fancy, you know, you can do um, uh, counting, trying to count mentally while you're holding the breath and then slowly letting it out for the count of three or four, gradually elongating the breath, those kinds of things. And then, of course, you can take, you know, a yoga class or something like that where they focus on breathing as well. But it's not something that you have to go out and seek a class for. All you need to do is just concentrate. Think about my breath and just breathe slowly, as slowly as you possibly can with the goal of increasing the slowness or decreasing the speed with which you breathe. Now, do you have any thoughts about food or sleep or are there any special quick tips you could give us on that? Well, certainly foods, you want to stay away from some of the sweets, the caffeinated beverages and all of that. And no alcohol. Uh, no no alcohol. Um, trying to have, you know, your green leafy vegetables. Your The um, vegetables are great for you. Fruits are great for you. Some protein and the like, but being very careful to not have as much of the um, sweets and carbohydrates. Yeah, well, you know, you know, you love a, a glass of wine, but hey, folks, it wakes you up about one o'clock. Yes, it does. And you know, that's the reality. Yes. yes. So, might want to think about that. Well, Coralise, um, have you got one? P- yeah, I mean, you have done such great things with the book and with the Compassionate Friends and with reaching out. And uh, how's your life now? My life is about as good as it gets, I guess, considering my special lady is not in it anymore physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's it's just my life is very good. That's it's very great. good. I, I enjoy working with bereaved families. I never thought I would be doing this. Mm-hmm. But out of my, my grief and pain has come the opportunity to share with others with their grief and pain, and that's that's been therapeutic for me. So uh, life is good. One thing my mom and I talked about, on the day that Candy died, you called it Wings Day. Yes. Yes, we kind of refer, here in our D.C. chapter of Compassionate Friends, we refer to the the day our child or sibling died as their Wings Day, that they earned their wings that day. Uh, Well, Coralise, it's time for us to end our show, and and I think that's a wonderful uh, thing to end it on with Candy and her Wings Day and all the wonderful things that you're doing. And and we want to thank you for being on the show and for doing everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Gloria and Heidi. You guys have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.